This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Will Rogers has a quote that I really like. He says, too many folks spend money that they don't have for stuff they don't need to impress people they don't like. And that so perfectly encapsulates so much of our culture, unfortunately. You know, Solomon was one of the wealthiest people who ever lived. And he collected silver, gold, and he says, the treasures of kings and provinces in Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 11. And yet he said, behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. And there was no profit under the sun. So you read the second chapter of Ecclesiastes to get a fuller take on his attitude toward his personal wealth and the many indulgences he experienced and the things that he just didn't deny himself. He he really lived a life uh, of luxury. Long story short, Solomon knew the folly of unregulated spending. And he knew that there was no joy ultimately to be found in things and stuff and just getting getting more stuff. He says in verses 9 and 10 that he refused his eyes nothing that they desired. So he didn't refuse himself anything. He didn't withhold any pleasure from his heart, also his words. And so some of his purchasing purchases included male and female singers and slaves and properties and multiple homes and orchards and vineyards, confections and concubines, all kinds of things that you can read about there. And he says, I didn't deny myself any of it. And so he just totally went bonkers because he could you know you talk about lifestyles of the rich and famous solomon knew extravagance and at the same time he is honest about the utter dissatisfaction found in materialism and a materialistic lifestyle and an outlook and the foolishness of being a spendthrift so that's our introduction for today and we want to look at some more scriptures now we think about more financial wisdom from the book of Proverbs. God desires his people to be self-controlled. And that's a general principle found in a lot of places, Galatians 5.23 being one of them there in the, the fruits of the Spirit. So those who are led by the Spirit of God and submit to the Spirit of God uh, seek for this self-control and self-discipline. Right? It's, it's the fruit of obeying his will. And self-control is foundational to living righteously as a follower of Jesus Christ. In Luke 9, 23, he talks about a disciple, a true disciple, denying himself and taking up his his cross daily. And Solomon too will say uh, in Proverbs 25 that a person without self-control is like a city, a city whose walls have been broken through. And his point is, is that we can easily find ourselves overwhelmed with the consequences of not having self-control. And he's not talking specifically about finances in that in that proverb. It's again, it's just a, you know, or in Galatians five twenty three, it's just a general principle of self control exercised in all areas of life. But um, it's certainly true of finances, which is our our focus and has been for the last uh, few podcasts on our proverb series regarding finances. And so as we move forward, we're thinking more about the, you know, the financial wisdom Solomon puts before us. And one of those is to control our spending. Uh, Proverbs 21 and verse five, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. And so that hasty, impulsive, unplanned kind of spending has brought many families to poverty and, and bankruptcy um, and if it hasn't taken them that far, it's made things very difficult 
in their in their lives and their relationships and and their provisions for for their family. You know, you you live in paycheck to paycheck, and uh, maybe you don't have to do that. And one of the reasons that that you are is because you're just you're spending too much, and there's uh, you're making all these unplanned purchases based on impulse, and you and you're being hasty. And you know, I can sympathize with that. Surely, I know a lot of people can. Uh, because you know we just you enjoy getting new things, and there's nothing wrong with even desiring new things. But it has, the point is, is that we have to control our spending. We have to uh, use wisdom and exercise the diligence that uh, Solomon talks about here in Proverbs 21 and elsewhere uh, that leads to advantage. So and be in and being content. So we've talked about you know get rich quick schemes previously in this series. And I think this verse would certainly apply to that, not being hasty in a, you know, a quote, investment without proper and thorough research, you know, that, and that can lead people to financial hardship and ruin, uh, you know, the, the wise man lives, lives by a budget, which is simply a plan, right? A budget is simply a plan for how someone is going to allocate their money. And there, there's wisdom in that. I believe that's what Solomon is saying here. And however, simply having a budget, having that plan is not going to automatically increase your savings and stability. It says the plans of the diligent. And so we think about the attitude that goes along <clears throat> along with, excuse me, along with the plans that Solomon is talking about. So have a plan. And then he says, be diligent. That leads to advantage. And so wisdom, biblical wisdom exercised doesn't just have a plan, but it, it is it is diligence in executing that plan. You know, the foolish have often, you know, too much month left at the end of the money because of impulsive, unplanned purchases. And it uh, it can be totally avoided. You know, a failure to meet our obligations financially can be, be avoided if we tr- strive to be wiser, more diligent stewards of our money. And possessions, you know, and that takes determination, even a kind of grit, if you want to call it that, to control our spending, right? It's a it's a denial of of self, and you know our own our own desires because we face a stream of commercials just everywhere, all you know, all the time. It's just enticing us to the latest and greatest gizmos and you know any number of things. Proverbs fourteen fifteen says the naive believes everything. But the sensible man considers his steps, right? All those advertisers and commercials, I mean, they're out there for a reason. Everybody wants your money. Everybody does. And that's never going to change. Uh, at least it feels that way. And so the Solomon is saying that those who are financially wise, according to Scripture, um, are less likely to be taken in by salesmen and ads and commercials who try to use uh, flattery or feign friendship or pressure tactics or you know the you know the rose rosy picture they paint and whatever it is they're trying to sell about whatever it is they're trying to sell I guess I should say and you know I'm I'm not saying that we make poor choices financially or make needless purchases because of salesmen I'm not or commercials that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying that you know that's a bad business or you know don't don't go into that but um but the point is is that they're they're designed to uh, convince you a lot of times to, to buy something they don't necessarily need right they're they're trying to sell a product maybe it is a good product maybe you could make use of it and it would be a good investment or whatever the case may be 
But a lot of times, you know, we just are naive and we believe everything and we just, you know, have these delusions of grandeur and, you know, we think we're going to get in shape in five days. And so we spend, you know, a thousand dollars on a Bowflex or something like that. You know, we just, we're just hasty and impulsive and, and we're naive and we're not being diligent and in, in financially sound, making financially sound decision. You know, anyone who's determined to live beyond his means doesn't need a salesman to, to help him get there. So I'm not trying to pass the buck. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, if we live for endless pleasure, comfort and entertainment, you know, there's plenty of ways to overextend ourselves and get, in, get into trouble with, with credit cards. So, um, Proverbs twenty two seventeen: he who loves pleasure will become a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not become rich. Uh, so, you know, we don't have to eat out every night or buy something from Amazon every day or go on vacations we can't afford in order to keep up with the Joneses. It's that is indicative of, first of all, pride and, you know, trying to win the rat race, get in the rat race. But uh, Solomon is also saying it's indicative of someone who's living for pleasure, who loves pleasure, pleasure. In verse 17 of Proverbs 22, he's saying, make no mistake, if you, you do that, and many people do, and sacrifice a whole lot and go into debt, he says, you're going to become poor. You know, if you, if you love those things, if you live for those, live for those things. Uh, and remember, Proverbs are generalizations, right? They're axioms that, you know, there's exception to these, these rules, but generally speaking, they are, they are true. And so, <clears throat> you know, he's saying that if we find ourselves chasing after these things, uh, trying to outdo someone else, you know, that's our pride talking, that's our vanity talking, and we just need to quit. You know, true, true wealth and satisfaction biblically is always found in relationships, and no greater relationship exists than that what we can have with Jesus Christ in whom Paul says are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he says in John 16, 24, that he came to make our joy complete. And so we need to find relevance and satisfaction in him and, and immerse ourselves in his word and, and the promises that he puts before us and store up treasures in heaven and look for those spiritual things that are so much more valuable and, and so much more enjoyable and lasting than anything we can buy on the internet or anywhere else for that matter, the physical money. You know, God indicted his people in Isaiah, and I don't have the passage in front of me right now, but he says, why do you spend money for bread that that doesn't satisfy? And, you know, come come to me, he says, and, I, and that's my paraphrase, and you'll have to investigate for yourself. But it's it's not a new problem, and it's, and it's a principle we can see time and time again in Scripture that's made. Go to, to God to find true lasting joy and peace and comfort a lot of all the things that we are usually looking for in stuff in or money itself right that kind of security a peace of mind uh happiness you know uh and it's just it's just a lie it's it's just a lie he who loves money will not be satisfied with money he who or nor he who loves increase with its uh income and that's my paraphrase of Ecclesiastes 5, 10, 10 and 11. So um, check that verse out. But the, biblically, time and time again, we're told satisfaction is not found there. Uh, another point that comes through Proverbs again is avoid debt. Avoid debt. Proverbs 22, 7. 
the borrow borrower becomes slave to the lender. The borrower becomes the lender's slave. So when so many of us seem to be looking for ways to accrue more debt and, you know, get the latest credit card that has, you know, zero APR for 12 months, you know, that which is to encourage spending, right? It's, it's, it's encouraging you to overextend yourself. Um, you know, the Bible is saying, don't dig the hole any deeper, right? You've got, you've got debt already. Likely, if you're like most Americans, according to the latest statistics, you have a mountain of debt already. And we can, you know, it's the Bible's perspective is that we're enslaved. In other words, we have that obligation to, to that lender, that, that money is tied up in, in, a, in a consumer driven economy with every other person offering a new line of credit. There's opportunities, you know, that abound to overspend. And some are so burdened with debt that they spend their working hours earning money just to pay their creditors, right? So they never never get ahead. It's usually at a high rate of interest, right? We've seen, we've seen that. We know this. And what's, you know, what's worse is that, you know, this is something that's often celebrated. People can brag about their FICO score. That's not something to brag about. Right, it's just it, it. That's something that just shows your relationship to your debt, right? So if you have a high score, well, then means you've had a lot of debt that you you paid back. And and the wise man does pay his obligations promptly. Proverbs three twenty seven and twenty eight. And his spending, but his spending is not determined by what he desires or the amount of credit he is he is offered, but by his actual means and and needs. That's that's the difference, right? So we. You know, there's, there's, I'm not saying that accruing debt is sinful and that's have that. And that's another study in and of itself. It's not to say that having debt is sinful in and of itself. Um, I have a study where I deal with that question in more detail. Um, and you can feel free to contact me using our website or, uh, uh, leonvalleychurch.org or our email address, leonvalleychurch at gmail.com. I monitor that address. So, uh, but, but not to get into that, <clears throat> but I'm not saying, but, that that debt is sinful, but for the sake of space, I'm, I'm cutting this part of the discussion short. But as a general rule, we should avoid going into into debt, right? And and make sure that we're able to meet the obligations that we have with our current means, so that we don't overextend and extend ourselves and overspend, and just dig the hole deeper. And so, one great way to avoid debt is to anticipate future expenses. This is something Bible speaks to. During the time of harvest, the ant prepares for the the winter. That's the illustration that Proverb, uh, Solomon uses in Proverbs six and, and verse eight. And, you know, he says, "Go to the ant, you sluggard, and, and consider her ways, that she has no chief or master, and yet, you know, and he he focuses on her work ethic that she is is preparing for the winter, and she's storing up right. Fools spend all of their income and more." On payday, right? So they they make no future plans. They're gambling it away, or they're you know making any of the foolish choices that we've already talked about. So those who are are wise biblically are going to prepare for the future by gradually and steadily accumulating savings through hard work and, and discipline. Proverbs thirteen eleven wealth wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. Right? So we we gather. From our labors, good, honest work uh, that is acceptable to God, and then our wealth increases th- that way um, in, in, as as we as we store up and save and plan for the future. 
So a man who handles his finances with wisdom and integrity can be a blessing to his posterity. Right. And that's part of the discussion about preparing for the future. Also Proverbs thirteen twenty two: a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So in the end, we can take none of the stuff with none of our physical things with us naked. We came into the world naked. We must leave godliness with contentment is, is great gain. Um, we can't take any of it with us. What has lasting value? What is true wealth again for us and, and our children are our spiritual blessings that are found in Christ Jesus. Um, all that we can accrue in this life can't be exchanged for any of that. It can't be exchanged for salvation on judgment day. It can't be bought. You know, that gift can only be obtained through Christ who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness. We are to be good stewards here and now and manage our resources well. That includes our money as well as our time and, you know, any other number of things we could, we can mention. We focused on finances this morning, but or today rather, but ultimately Christ gave himself to redeem us from, from all wickedness. And that's the greatest gift and teaching we can give to our children. Uh, so first of all, we want to ask ourselves, have, have we done that? Have we obeyed his gospel? And do we continue in faithfulness to him so that we can have the treasure in heaven that he himself spoke of? And do we teach our children to prioritize that, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? And all things will, shall be added unto them. The physical blessings that we've discussed previously earlier in the week of the needs that God promises to me. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings.